Welcome into the Section 109 podcast. I'm freaking excited to be here. It is uh, the second podcast that I've done uh, since I went on this extremely long break of not doing podcasts. So it feels really good to be here. I'm with Matt and Breezy, and we have something awesome we're going to do today. Breezy, what is that? Back in the studio, boys. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to take a little look back at the season that was, but uh, this pod is about the players, right? We now have roster news. We now know, for the most part, who's coming and going. There may be some surprises down the line. You know, somebody could resign that we don't know about. But we have uh, a list of eight guys who have officially resigned. Um, we know some guys that have, have made some announcements on social media that they're not coming back. So uh, we have some academy guys in there. So we won't, nothing, none of this is definitive. But we do want to talk about the season that was a little bit and some moments mostly good from the season that was, good memories and, you know, Remember the guys that are that are coming back and honor them, and also remember the guys that um, that fit the once a blue, always a blue. Yep. That may not be here anymore, but will always forever be with us in spirit and in our hearts. So, uh, with that, Matt, are you excited? Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's just kick it straight in. Um, Phil Diamico. Who's that? I'm just how, kidding. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Oh no, man. Um, so I'll, I'll kick us off here. Um, you know, Phil, uh, for his career, right? Not just a one-year guy at CFC. This is his, this was his fourth season. Correct. Um, up and down as far as health-wise. So this year was kind of a tough year for him. He got hurt towards the end. He also took a retirement sabbatical kind of in the middle of uh, last year with COVID and everything. So we didn't see him a ton the last two years. We saw him a bit, but we didn't get to see him as much as we maybe would have health and uh, COVID permitting, but he started CFC's first ever professional game yep. as a goalkeeper. Our first ever professional goalkeeper. Yeah, and kind of stood on his head too. Yeah, he was, he was great that game. Um, there's that one little moment right at the end where where they conceded, but also we're not in that game if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't absolutely uh, kick ass. Also, fuck Jack McInerney. Oh yeah, <laughs> his name is bitch. Yeah, yeah, fuck him. Um, also, remember uh, remember the 2000. Oh, don't say 16. Not 16. 18. Oh, 18, sorry, is what I'm it's what I'm thinking of. 16 is way too far back. But let, let's remember Phil that icon there's an iconic picture out there of Phil screaming at the lines judge <laughs> yeah. who did him dirty by calling him back off the line. And there's pictures of Phil being foot on the line. Like the first one he is off the line a little bit, and then and so they call it back and they tell him, like, hey, like you can't come off the line. And then he's like, okay, okay, okay. And then the next one, they call him off the line, and you go back and he's got one foot on the line, which is the rule. You can leave early, but you gotta have one foot on the line. Fucking bullshit, man. I'm not talking anymore about that game because I get so frustrated. Yeah. But also, he saved, if you remember right, even though like we lost that game and they, those two got called back, he saved three penalties in that game. Yeah, two he, in saved the sh- it. he saved... Two uh, in the shootout and one in regulation. One in regulation to save the game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because it was late. He was a monster, Dude. man. I was, was I was standing next to Santiago Moore when that happened. That was crazy because everybody just erupted. So what a, what a legend! I also he, you know he moved back to Chattanooga with his girlfriend um, to live here. He didn't take team housing like he they went out and they got their own apartment. He was really a member of the community. She got a job in town, so like you know Chattanooga, as he said in his goodbye message, was his second home. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss him. And what a lot of good moments. Yeah, we should go to Orlando and go to the, to the restaurant that he uh, <clears throat> helps. His, I think it's his brother's restaurant. It, yeah, should, I think we should go down there one day and just pop up and get hey, hammered. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, super sloshy drunk, and he's like, "Yeah, I've, I used to see this every if, after every single game." If those so. sh- if those shot steals he posts about on Instagram are real, I'm pretty sure we can do that <laughs> and do that at a reasonable price. Uh, <clears throat> well, let's move uh, next down the list, and obviously, we're going to keep it with goaltenders, and we're going to talk about somebody coming back, which is Mister. 
beautiful shaved redhead, Alec Reddington. You know how I know it's hockey season? He called them goaltenders. Which, which I'll, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so right. <laughs> which, I'll, which I'll take it to. I'm sure. I have been, I, I'm playing hockey now. It is funny because it, I, which is funny I say that now because the other day I was playing pickup and I was like, yeah, the keeper. And they were like, who's that? I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. The net minder. Sorry. Get them, get them all mixed up. <laughs> Matt, t- talk to us about Alec Reddington. Uh, coming coming back, Alec Reddington. Let's put an asterisk there. Um, like he's he's one of the eight returners. Yeah. So so I think about Alec Reddington, and I, I think about uh, a little bit twenty twenty uh, getting kind of thrown into the starters role after after D'Amico's departure, uh, and then he starts back on the bench this year uh, in twenty twenty one, and then Phil gets hurt and he takes the starting job again, and he just never really relinquishes it. Yep. Uh, if you think about some of the games that he's had. Uh, Think about Maryland Bobcats at home. Think about uh, New Amsterdam in, in at sp- home in the spring. Think about New Amsterdam at home in the fall, where he has at least like five like big saves. You like, know, M- Michigan Stars. He made a couple saves down the stretch. Like also, let's not forget on this podcast, Matthew called him out and was like, "Our, our you know our goalkeeper, our play needs to be a little bit better going forward." Like we, you know, he's an up. It's been up and down, and then from that point on, like he was basically the like best player. Well, maybe not the best player because there were some other guys who were excellent as well. I don't want to take anything away from anybody, but he was as good as you would want him to be. He was a number one keeper basically the rest of the season. I think he uh, called your bluff there, man. So what we're Se- saying Senior is... Senior Reddington, thank you, sir. We need Matt to negatively... Call out players. Well, <laughs> well we don't really want no, that. No, we don't want that. No, yeah, let's stop that. I'm going to not go down that path. So. But but the point being is... Okay, he, negative. If he could negatively manifest and and then he's wrong every time, yes, that would be good. Hell yeah. That would be preferable. I do think it's... <laughs> I do think it's fair to say that like Red had a really good fall in 2020. Yep. Um, had an up and down spring. He had some very good games and some rough games, and then he had a very good fall in 2021. Yeah, I think he should be the uh, on the commercials for Five Hour Energy because that dude's just relentless. And he and like Spider Man, like he's all like yeah. Those some of those close up saves because Red's not a huge guy, right? So he does block, of course, by getting big, but that's not his main way of blocking. His main way is reacting the correct way and like getting a hand on the ball. Like, yep. It's impressive, man. There were some there were some games down the stretch where like that that run of four four wins in six. Um, red red is a big reason why. Yes, because yes, we wanted some because we games. didn't actually. Let's be honest, we didn't play super well down that stretch, but with the results kind of came. We got a few lucky bounces, which we were due. We got some unlucky bounces early, and we've had some good moments, some clinical moments. But also, when if red is stopping everything they shoot, I mean, we should have lost that. New Amsterdam game like four to one uh, or <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, red pulled out literally like four or five saves, like some of them, three of them one on one. Standing think. on like, his head. Yeah, standing yeah. on his head. For sure. Uh, Michael Beretta. Correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't start ever did, or did he? He did. He, he did start. OK, I remember I, I knew he definitely played. <clears throat> I remember seeing him and I remember thinking that was awesome. We had a it was a home game where he say I think it was he, he played against Maybe it was Appalachian where he had kind of a game saving save near the end. I can't remember. I put it on the section one on my podcast. <laughs> Instagram. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, on the Instagram, yeah. Yeah. So Michael came in, college kid, not even in college yet, right? But like theoretically college age, would have Going been a freshman, college. took a gap year and played uh played for us for six months, trained, really got like uh, a level up at in his play, which was his goal, and he's going to a big school to to play. Um, keeper now and then he went to Dalton State to finish his season off um, so second half of the season there but yeah he start, He played his first appearance was down in Alabama his, no his oh yes he did that was he, his did, first he appearance. made an appearance Alabama. in Alabama um, a 10 minute cameo 
Which and was, then, I remember, that's one of the moments I'll say that I remember. Yeah. Like, that was a really cool moment. It was cool to see him come in. I saw him warming up on the side. That was the same game that Ricky and Angel also made their, um, debut. made their yeah. debuts. So it was just really cool to see three Academy kids um, make their debuts and, and play well. And yeah, that was... Beretta had the, the, the second 45 minutes in the home game against Appalachian FC. And then he started and went 90, the away game. Talk about, you know kid an academy kid starting and, and like Appalachian FC like they're an MPSL team but that's a ruckus atmosphere they were good and that was a fun atmosphere that was better than any nap- nice atmosphere outside of Detroit that we went to all right I had to I had to go find it we were up 3-2 in the 79th minute against Appalachian FC when they had a great ball over the top and it was him one-on-one with the goalkeeper and Beretta just stuffed him yeah just absolutely yeah. stuffed him I, I, was, yeah. I was trying to remember that because that was a big save to me Beretta, Beretta also started uh, all throughout the fall for Dalton State uh, this year as a freshman uh, and made it to the made it to the, somewhere in the NAIA, NAIA playoffs. I forget which round it was, uh, and so he'll be moving on to Loyola, Maryland, uh, the D one school for great for these next these next few years. That's awesome! Congrats to Michael. Yeah, and uh, I'll always remember also how smooth he is on the ball. Like he's got such good feet. He reminds me of like a like a mini uh, Spielman sort of the way he's like the way he stands over it and like works it very well. Yeah, very calm, very yep. calm. Exactly. You can tell like he's his head's up with it, and which like not all goalkeepers do that. They right. put their foot on top of the ball and they're not even looking down. It's they're completely analyzing. You know, getting ready. To make yeah. That kick. Uh, Matthew, talk to us a little bit about our next guy on the list, Nick Nelson. So Nick Nelson's a really interesting one. Uh, I think about. You know, he only he only got three games for us this year. Uh, at Detroit, he got. Um, Which, at, by the way, what a game! What a time to get a <laughs> a, a full game as, as when you're a, you're a backup goalkeeper. You're not playing a lot. It's like, oh hey, have fun at LA Force and at uh, at Chicago. At LA Force? Oh, this the, in the fall? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Is that um, when, is that when you were there? No, it was no, not when the, I was there. Other one. <laughs> So when you I, I when you well, when you provided the stream for a Nisa well, game, I was going to well actually Matthew, but it turns out <laughs> I, I didn't get to. So actually, so my moment for Nick Nelson is is not actually when he was a part of CFC. I remember Nick Nelson from tryouts uh, earlier this year, uh, where uh, we were we were playing. You know, they had just done the morning session at Finley Stadium, then they did the afternoon session at Helen Park Commons, and he was one of. Uh, he was only one of a few goalkeepers, so the goalkeepers were not getting a lot of you know time like as a break in in the middle. So Nelson had basically just been going and going and going for just hours on end, uh, and and finally like he just like it was like one of the last the last uh, sets of games, and he finally just had to run to his car to get water because he just had just been going for so long without breaks at all. <laughs> and no one was there to give him water. He yeah. didn't ask anybody. And, he just ran, yeah, he, just ran off the field. He was like, I, I just need a minute, guys. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. And, um, and and like he was, you know, he played really, really well at, at tryouts. He was, he was incredibly, incredibly good. And he made, he made the team out of tryouts. Yeah. Like as the third keeper initially, as kind of the backup break glass in case of emergency player. And then, mm-hmm. you know, little by little worked his way. Yeah. And he took, took advantage as, of his opportunities. Absolutely. As soon as Phil got hurt. Uh, is when we had to make that move. But that's, he was he that's was, when he showed up again. But right? he was on the roster yeah. already. So the here's an interesting like peek behind the the curtain personal thing. I don't think Nick will care if I share this. So like we posted with the chat hooligans like a goodbye Nick because in they had mentioned that when and the spoiler alert we'll get we'll get there when Ian Kyle 
and Kyle both retired that uh, Nick Nelson was also not coming back. And they had posted some like thing on on social media. And so we were like, oh, thank you, Nick. It was you know great to have you, whatever, whatever. And he messaged the account. He also messaged me, the Chad Williams account. And then me, and then he was like, hey man, like thank you for the like kind words at the goodbye, but like I'm not I'm not leaving. And and, and he's like, I, we're, we're still working through it. And and then like, but the club had announced he was leaving. He, so was like, at, he was at the end of his contract. It was a short short term contract. But but what I loved about that is like that dude believed in himself. Uh, and when I got that message, by the way, uh, it was like five in the morning that he posted the message, and there was a on his story was him working out at the gym the day that day or the day after. So like obviously he's about that life. Like he's really getting after it. It's awesome. And he was just like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not leaving. We're still negotiating. Even though the club had announced he was leaving, the club doesn't announce you're leaving. What that meant is in my mind is that he really called his shot and was like, no, no, no. You guys think I'm leaving, but like I'm gonna be undeniable and you're gonna want me back and a couple weeks later he was back dude i i <clears throat> there's probably a few listeners that are kind of like me i actually never got to see him play in person i just was extremely busy this year and didn't get to go to as many games but i had two interactions with him uh like just like face-to-face interactions with him he probably doesn't even remember me but all i can think about when i like walked away was like that's a nice ass dude. Dude, he was. He also came to section one ten, yeah. top of one hundred nine. I don't know if he ever like stayed in one hundred nine, but he was in one ten, like hanging out for a good part of the uh, spring season when he was on the roster, but he was a third keeper, so he wasn't making the bench. Like he was at the games in the stands. It's awesome. Like really cool. Yeah. Uh, I will take the last guy because I put him on this list and uh, Hector, and I don't know how Hector's last name is pronounced. Uh, I Grajeda. think it's Grajeda, but anyway. Uh, his name is Kecko. He goes by Kecko. That's how he introduced himself to me. Um, Kecko like Gecko. I texted Alec Reddington to make sure that was right. <laughs> well, first I texted him like, what was his nickname? And he was like, Kecko like Gecko. And I was like, okay, good. Because that's what I remembered. But like, I met him one time. Um, so the end of the season, Nick got injured. Um, Nick was the original like break glass in case of emergency keeper, right? Like in, in the spring. And then this guy was the break glass in case of emergency keeper in the uh, fall, I guess. So yeah. So I had a little context here. There was a roster freeze deadline at some point, middle of middle of uh, October or whatever. Don't bullshit me. Nisa may have had a theoretical deadline. <laughs> there was no actual roster freeze. There absolutely was. Bullshit. I guarantee you LA Force added players after that. And uh and and so we added we added Hector to the uh the roster quietly just as like a in, in case, case somebody anything, got hurt. In case anything goes wrong with the keeper, we have a second keeper. So yeah, well, heaven forbid you lose too. So he made the bench at Stumptown. Yes. Um, I don't believe he made the bench any other time. No. Um, but it was cool. I met him. I, I saw him. I was like, I don't know you. Like, I kind of knew that maybe there was another keeper, but uh, he was. We were talking to the players after the game, and he was getting on the bus and he introduced himself. He was super nice. Um, and yeah, uh, I w- I just want to mention, like, give him a shout out. Like, he played a part, made the bench. Obviously, practiced with the team at least more than once. So, I mean, you count. Like, once a blue, always a blue, right? So, Hector, wherever always. you are, Kecko, like, I, I hope you crush it. And, you know, maybe we'll see. You never know. As a, as those of us who are too, too nerdy about this, he might be the third keeper next year. You never know. He might be in that. He might be that break glass in case of emergency guy. You just never know. He's well, in. He's if, around. If he or ever, maybe he's not. If he ever sees us, beers on us. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, moving forward, who's next on this list? It's uh, uh, let's go through the nicknames. We got Speed Racer, got Spunky, Spunky, got Big Country, and then we are obviously talking about the Spiel. first team All Nisa defender, yes, Nick Spielman. Uh, Congrats re- on that. By returner the way. Nick Spielman, returning. Yes, I think. Yep. 
So, uh, yeah, like you said. I was going to say, I, I was saying I think, but I was looking at to see who was coming back. <laughs> we haven't talked about anybody but Reddington. So. Yes, he's, so he's number two on this list of guys who are coming back. So Nick Spielman, um, the reason I couldn't say Reddington was maybe our best player all year because it's hard to argue that Spielman and him don't kind of deserve that award together. And maybe a few other guys, too. But Spielman was really the rock. Um, man, what an awesome, awesome development he has been. And I really think... And I hope for his sake that this is his last year here. Not that I, I mean, I would love if he, I think he could play here 10 years, but I hope he can move up to uh, a USL championship team or maybe an MLS reserve team that is going, like gets him a chance to train with the, like try to make that. And I don't know if he can cut it in MLS, right? Like that's a really big jump from here to MLS, but he has a higher ceiling than being here. Yeah. And sure. I, man, what a, what a monster. He deserves it. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think from my perspective, like we've had a lot of really good center backs here. And that's one of my favorite things uh, is when you have a center back who is sort of that Swiss Army knife, not to- like in the sense of the um, position itself. Like he can he can play as a single in a back three. He can also play as two center back pairs. He does really well anyway, He and he distributes the ball really well. And I think we're going to degrade him a little bit if we don't say – He's not a bad number nine. He really is not a bad number <laughs> he's nine. He's a better number ten, but he's that's not true. A bad that's true. That's when they put him in there. I remember the first time and I saw a ball go over, and he just he, played, he, was, he was playing against a, a younger guy, and it was just seeing his body. It was like he, he soared over everybody, got a touch to it, and nothing came out of it. But I was like, oh god. So I'll give awesome. I'll give you uh, I'll give one moment here, and I have a second moment if one of you two don't mention it. But one moment that I'll never forget was the end of Maryland Bobcats. We lost one nothing at home. Uh yes, in the so spring. so the yeah. end. No, no no no. Uh, that that was uh, that was uh, fall twenty twenty. So I'm not. I I try to remember which game we were losing. We were losing one nothing in this game. So I, I'm. I'm. It's. It, anyway, I, I want to. It was bad. It was a bad game. But it's the end of the game. We're all up for a, the whole team's up for a corner or a free kick or something. And there's a break at the end of the game, and they're breaking down and like everybody on the team. I don't want to say gives up, but gets caught out and like guys are hustling, but they're not really hustling like. It's the, I mean, it's like the 94th minute, right? And we're down one nothing, and it's literally a four or a five on, on, uh, Alec Reddington. It is a five on nothing, and it's about to be just a simple like tap over and tap in. I think it's LA Force at home. That makes sense. Um, and I just remember out of when I say nowhere, like Nick Spielman, for a lot of things, the reason we call him Speed Racer, besides the stripes that he shaved in his head, which is where it starts, but he's not the fastest guy not the quickest guy but i'm telling you what that top end speed was on absolute uh display and what was on display most was his heart he hustled back the entire way he broke up the five and they had they had several steps on him he sprinted all the way up between all those players he stopped it and then looked around at his team with his hands out like where the fuck are the rest of you guys <laughs> and and to be that to have that kind of heart and the 94th minute of a game you're losing to not want to give up one more goal even though like the game's basically already decided, like the final whistle came, I want to say like, thirty seconds later. Yeah, like that will I'll never forget that. That means so much to me. You want guys that you know bleed for you, like, and that guy is the definition of that. Okay, well, you we like to call him Speed Racer, and you talked about how maybe he isn't the fastest guy, but we can go to the next person who may be the one of the faster <laughs> guys, Matt. If you want to take that one, Richard Dixon also coming back uh, for his for his what is this now third year. With CFC, <clears throat> this will be his third year. Third yeah. season, yeah. Wow. It, also, Man. I got a little bone to pick. You can with. Go, hey, you can go back and listen to his uh, signing podcast. Yes, we got you him can. on the podcast the day after he signed to CFC. So, 
Good job, uh, producer wow. Jay. I just remember that. Now I'm not as good as you. I don't know the episode number. <laughs> I'm gonna so, look. I'm gonna look gonna it up look right it now up. while we're talking. Don't shout so, out! Shout out to Rich though. Uh, was a, a a vital communication line between you know everybody on the sidelines and then the rest of the team. He's obviously plays that role um, when he's captain, and he he moves and you know brings a lot of communication and a lot of organization. But then he has the skills to also put in a really nice ball or get back really fast and cover for somebody because of his speed, but Dix is, Dix is the man. You know, the first thing that comes to mind right now, and this may not be something with, that would be expected, uh, but I think about how Richard was you know, dealing with injury problems in, in 2020 and in the first part of this year. And man, oh man, he was probably one of our most consistent performers and like healthiest uh, players uh, during the fall season. Um, he got healthy, he got good. Uh, I think I think there's some there's a lot to be said about moving him into midfield towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he helped break up a lot of attacks that normally that the defenders would mostly deal with. But by moving him to midfield, he broke up a lot of stuff yep. before pressure could get put on the back line. And, and just his flexibility and leadership there uh, was was obviously huge. Um, and it's no surprise that he'll be back in 2022. And I think if you want to um, really think about what he brought on the field besides leadership, which we keep saying, but like he was a one of the veteran guys, the the longest uh, pro tenure of anybody on the on the team. Um, he really provided that rock that you knew that he was he had all the tools, like Jay said, to stop an attack or start an attack. Yep. And his ability to I I remember so many games this year in watching him catch up to somebody who maybe they slipped through and he was on the back line so he was taking his angle or there was a like a defender stepped up and he was in the midfield and they like stepped the block a pass and it, it filtered through and he would come flying through yeah, and, covering. He's the, and he's the one guy that I feel comfortable at all times and yep. I've said this on the podcast before at all times him sliding can slide in the box I'm comfortable with it he's accurate I don't want guys sliding but I trust Nick Spielman I'm not sorry, excuse me. I also trust Nick Spielman, but don't slide, Nick. Uh, I, tr- I trust Richard Dixon, excuse me, in the box to slide whenever he wants. And if you want to listen to his podcast that we did, uh, episode 16 is the one where we talked to him uh, about his soccer journey. Yep. Uh, and you can also listen to our Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, um, which was episode 28. And he was on that one as well. Guest um, co-host, Richard Dixon. You know, if we, were a, <clears throat> if we were a better podcast, I would probably edit that to make you... Uh, not sound like an idiot, but I'm going to go ahead and leave it in there because I do that to myself all the no, time. No, listen, listen. The, uh, the the people need to know this is mostly unedited and, uh, you know. It's literally not going to be edited except for... Good. Good. It's trimming the, trimming just, the fat. It's just not going to be. Next uh, is next is uh, Superhuman. Superhero, superhero Sean Superhero, Superhuman, Sean Russell. Oh, man. And if you want to listen to uh, Sean Russell's podcast, Sean Russell did, as I scroll through our podcast to look when he was, episode 38 so episode 38, Sean Russell talks about uh, his soccer journey. Man, I'll miss Sean Russell. Yeah, me too, man. I, I hope if, if he listens to this and I can deliver a message, I'd say you and Pete Pearson need to make a road trip and come back, please, <laughs> at least once. Yes, or hopefully they end up playing somewhere together. If one of them isn't here, obviously, but true, um, they need to, if they hope they play somewhere together and we can, uh, it would be, it'd be cool to go out and support them. OGA ambassador, like OGA. Yep. Um, it, both of the ones yeah, I just mentioned, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That was big, a big, big love for Sean for that because it's such a, such a great opportunity to take in the community. So I'll give you my moment. Um, the moment that I remember the most was uh, San Diego away and James Kasak at, towards like halfway through the game was just absolutely gassed. Um, but he was still like the most dangerous player on the field, essentially. And 
Uh, he was uh, coach was yelling from the sidelines for him to come back, like come back on defense. You're not coming back on defense. And Sean Russell yells, no, 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 like don't stay up. I got it. And so Sean Russell took that whole wing and he defended against two players the whole game. And and uh, I remember Fuller telling me after the game because I'd asked him and like I asked uh, Sean and Kasek about it because like, you know we were all talking after the end there wasn't many people there so uh, and he was like no 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 like when Sean said that like I just had to trust my player uh, and literally the rest of that game like Sean Russell just took on their best player who was the the their number eleven or number ten who kept drifting out to the that yeah, right hand side uh, and he just was like, no, James, you go do it. And it did result in us eventually getting the tying goal with uh, K-Sight being dangerous and dangerous and dangerous down that left side. Just what a monster, man. Yeah, what a, yeah. And what a c- good guy off the field and good guy. Solid like, human. I'll miss him culturally. I'll miss him on the field. Like, he was a rock all year defensively. And, man, I'll just I'll miss him, man. I, I literally I'm so can't glad th- we had him. I literally can't think of a time that I've seen him and he wasn't smiling. Exactly. In some capacity, but I he feel was, like, and he like he he was also part of the the um, uncomfortable conversations podcast, and like really just getting to know him, man. I'll I'll miss him, man. I'll miss him. Two not points just on the field. Two things about about Sean Russell, and before we move on, number one, he never watched us take penalties. He always turned around, always would look at the fans, and he knew based on what would happen with it, when 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 the fans reacted, what happened. Uh, and the second thing is, he ended up coming. Uh, he ended up finishing the season. Uh, the second most minutes played in NISA Pro matches. That's how important he was to this team. Second most behind Spielman. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. he's gonna be, he's gonna be tough to replace. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That is true. So we go to another. Also came to CBC after after every game, pretty much, and that's that's a thing that I'll miss too. I'll miss his presence after games. Yeah. Uh, who's next, Jay? We have Kyle De Silva. Man. Talk about a here. Talk about a guy that uh, had a strong end to the season. Yeah, didn't get many minutes. Kind of like took some time betting into the team. Or you know, I don't. I don't know why he wasn't getting minutes. Right. I'm not trying to say I know. But what what he did do is come on to the end of the season and really play a nice role and a good important role in that that strong finish results wise that we had for the end of the season. Kyo's emergence uh, as a as a, a good center back, especially when we were moving more to a back four. Yeah. Um, yeah. His emergence allowed us to be able to do things with with Spielman in midfield or Richard Dixon in midfield. That's true. Um, and and that pairing that pairing ended up working pretty well. And he, and he was listen. He probably should have had a couple goals by the end of the season too. If you go look at through Ray Soldano's pictures on on Facebook and shout out Ray for always having badass pictures. Uh, if you go look through, there's probably thirty pictures throughout the season. Maybe not thirty. Maybe twenty of him rising like a salmon between all the guys basketball style i mean he just looks like a man among boys and he's either heading it away from goal or straight at goal and i think he had like four different headers saved by the goalkeeper he was very unlucky not to not to score yeah uh, but my takeaway from kyle was like from the moment he became a cfc player he embraced the community yes. and the fans immediately and like interacted and was just overall a really nice person uh also wasn't I know uh, a lot of us didn't get to see the uh, the closed door scrimmage when he was in Birmingham, but I had a, an account with a lot of the players who said he was really they were really impressed by him whenever they went and played there, and that yeah, because cool. he was playing against us. Yeah. Yes, and that's where he came from, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so, but yeah, like best of luck on uh, your endeavors. You also fill that role. I mean, every player does, but. <clears throat> You sort of exemplify once a blue, always a blue. Yep. Two more quick things about Kyle. Uh, he was actually scheduled to come on the podcast, um, and I'm really 
sad that we didn't get to do it. He, uh, he had an injury and he had to get treatment at the time that we had the podcast scheduled. Uh, and then we just never were able to get it back together between my schedule and, and Matt's schedule being busy and then his schedule not matching up, which, yeah, that's a uh, that's a regret I have, but just as what it is. But it would have been cool. And the other the other piece of it is, I will miss his swag and his drip. That uh, <laughs> those pregame pictures and all the guys had different moments. But that uh, that shirt he had on when they came in, they had the formal wear and like the Hawaiian esque. I don't know what to call it, but like drip bright God. shirt, dude. What a what a boss. That's awesome. What a boss and that hair. Who's next? James Rigby's Kasek. over here rolling around on the floor. I don't know if you can hear him. Hey, Rigby. He's, he's being a, a freakazoid. Yes, uh, I, I feel weird, but also understand why James Kasak is on the defender list. Another another but, returner, our maybe our uh, one of our best offensive players, uh, who's a defender, also a defender, I should say. James Kasak, returning for 2022 debut season. You can go listen to his and Tate's podcast, which is podcast number 45. Um yeah, excited to have him back. He had how many primary assists? One goal and nine primary assists in pro matches this year. Which is pretty Ten incredible. Ten goal contributions, uh, which is, I believe, second on the team. I mean, when you look at him, it's kind of like if he wasn't providing, we weren't really scoring. At times, yeah. Not ever. That's not you know universal, but wow. And what I remember in the Louisville game, so f- preseason, Oh yeah! First time seeing him play, coach had been like, "Oh, we got this, re- you know, really good left back man." He's he was blistering that game, dude. He looked like I think Jeremy Allenbaugh said this, but uh, and I'll, I'll butcher the quote a little bit, but he said like he looked like he was trying to get on the bus to go home with Louisville, like he because he just torched them all game. He was the best player on the field for either side for most of the game, and then like you know he just was uh, untouchable. And I remember when I saw that, I was like, "Holy shit, we are in for a fun." fun left-sided um attacking like set of players this season and you know not everything worked out maybe on the offensive end as a team collective but james had a lot of unbelievable moments uh getting to the byline crossing it back cutting in and you know he just he was dangerous all year and yeah i'm really excited to see what he will do and we'll talk about this i'm sure in a future pod what he'll do in a more possession-based system instead of a counter-attacking system uh with all of those skills and that wand of a left foot. You know, he played really well in that game, but to kind of tie in our last podcast with this one, since we're talking about James, remind me of the gentleman's name who plays at Stumptown, uh, or played at Stumptown, and was at Oakland before. Um, He has dreads. Can't remember his name. He's a pretty good player. He's their right back. Robert Hines. Okay, Robert Hines. Okay, listen. All respect to Robert Hines. But when we were when we were interviewing Coach, here it comes, Coach Rod. I wanted to be like, so uh, how bad were his feelings hurt after Kasak absolutely made him look like a child that game when they came and played here because Kasak dominated him on that side and it was really fun to watch. Yeah. He played really well. Uh, there's a couple of passes that he made where I guess Jay or somebody else who was filming the game just happened to be on the corner side of where like the ball was, and it's just an absolute ping. I think to Tate, like on the other side of the field, and it's just watching him that game was really awesome. Yeah, let's move on to our next one, Ryan Marcano. There's only one one real moment to mention here. Yeah, I Don't. think I think it's all we're all going to have the same one. Bikes, bikes. bikes. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I almost yelled bikes, and Smitty's gonna be mad at me for not yelling bikes. <laughs> Though he'll never listen to this. Let's be real. Co, Smitty, we miss you. He'll be back at some point. He's also on a hiatus. Um, I think we all we all took that hiatus for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, we did. But we shout did. out to Ryan. Uh, what's cool is you can go listen to when Breezy and I were on one of the uh, post documentary episodes where we did we, we went live with CFC and we interviewed Ryan and we talked about that goal because that goal was in the documentary. But what's cool is, is when we did our box openings, we actually got the, the actual got the, jersey the that Marcano he scored that, yeah. that goal in. So that we need to we need to put up somewhere. It needs sure. to be framed, and we're gonna get a picture, and we're gonna get Ryan to sign something. So yeah. Ryan, best of luck to you wherever you go next. Also, Ryan's been on the podcast in uncomfortable conversations, uh, and wasn't he on one other time? Yeah, him in Coloco. Uh, yeah, him and David together, Coloco, which was a is a Shout really is a really cool one because we didn't know this beforehand, but they knew each other pr- from, quite know, well. Yeah, from their days in Atlanta playing yeah. youth soccer and and training together. So l- much love to Ryan. Uh, also, just shout out to the speedster. The, now, when we ask the question next year, who's the fastest player in the team? We can't say we're going. Might be an actual competition. There might be an actual yeah. competition because there's been <laughs> no competition uh, this this year for that question. Yep. Um, next is Alec McKinley. Alec McKinley, man. So I'm going to remember a lot of things about Alec. One, he also rises like a fish, similar to Kyle. He's not as tall, but his ability to go up in traffic and be two feet taller than everyone else heading a ball, I will remember those moments. I will also remember his technical ability with both feet. There may never be another player on I hope not, but like there may never be another player on CFC, and I don't think there ever has been a player with as much pure technique as Alec McKinley. Yeah. Because he is, he genuinely has MLS level technical ability. And I'm not saying every ball he hits is MLS level, right? But he has the, the, the level of a technical player that currently plays in MLS with both feet. He is an absolute monster. And I will miss seeing him hit those pings. Like nobody hits a prettier ping. Well, that that's you're you're moving into my moment because Go ahead. the number one I'll remember because a lot of people will remember watching our first televised game versus Georgia Revolution. Yes, Matt and I were there hanging out. I always bring that I up. Always and bring rub that salt up, in the wounds. Assholes. But only I only say that is because that pass happened right in front mm-hmm. of us. That pass was right to Richard Dixon, cross back in Ian, and it was directly in front of us. And that was a that was great. I really liked seeing him when he came in during the season. My friend Zach and I always talked about. Uh, how we would like to see him more, but Matt, what was your moment with? Oh, man, it's hard to it's hard to think. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention uh, I'm gonna mention Michigan Stars the fight game uh, in the spring because <laughs> we we were in a back four. You mean what before Marcus murdered their entire team? Yes, yes. mentally murdered their entire team, and they lost like six of, six of the last next seven games. And that's why they forfeited one of those games. Yeah, uh, so that might have been the other, they're closest they came to getting points. McKinley McKinley was put in at right back. Uh, for that match and and it was it was basically one of those situations where he was not he was not fit enough to play um I'm sorry he was right center back but it, we were playing it like a right back uh he he was not fit enough to go 90 minutes he just wasn't uh, the the trainer had said you know we'd be lucky to get 45 out of him but like we had a couple more injuries and we just we just needed him and the man stepped up big time went the full 90 like a great performance uh and ultimately you know we end up pulling pulling that game out uh so like that that's i think that's the moment i remember 
Also, what game did he hit the post in in the fall? I mean, the, the crossbar in the fall with an outrageous attempt. I think it was. I think it was either Cal United or no, it wasn't Cal United because he was suspended for that one. Probably LA Force at home. Yeah. What an outrageous! And that ball goes in, man. What a what off, an ins- off to the races. Yeah. What an insane moment. Uh, we'll miss you, Alec. You're a, you're a you're a bad motherfucker, and I'm yeah, I'll miss you. Next. Spe- speaking of bad motherfuckers, yeah, Cutler dude, Coleman is next. Uh, I. It, the the human fire hydrant. Yeah, my friend and I uh, that I always go to games with, we called him the Energizer Bunny. Yeah, <clears throat> that worked. it was like if the ball is within a reasonable range, he is on it like glue and just like constantly stammering and sprinting around and whoever I, has it. And I call him a fire hydrant out of love. Like he is shaped like a fire hydrant. He's muscular. He's like round, like in like like the way that a bodybuilder is round. Like he's just even though like he's soccer player muscular. Like he's. Man, what a monster and what an effort player. Every time he came in, I was comfortable that he was not only going to give us all, but he was going to be like effective at harassing, blocking, getting on the break. Like he was just going to be productive, whether it was right wing back, right back, left back a couple times at the 10, sometimes like what a Swiss army knife. And yeah, love it. And I'll, I'll miss Cutler. A lot, and I will miss his. Well, I guess I won't miss his Instagram because it'll probably still work out. But the, <laughs> might have the best Instagram uh, for CFC in the sense that he's always posting pictures of him looking jacked. All right, so the next one we're going to move sort of staying in the theme of midfielders. Well, I guess sort of. What did what did Cutler play? Everything, I mean, everything, yeah. everything. So yeah, I so had him listed. He, he with, did he did come in as a sub at right back a lot. Yeah, I had him um, listed as a defender, but he was. Uh, all over the place. Sorry, I literally, as I was like, as I said, midfielder, it, like speaking, I had a question mark go off. Speaking of uh, players that can Played play, all over can play both on the right side or in the middle of the field. That's true. We Returner Tate Robertson. You actually didn't put the two little asterisks, so I just added those a second Did ago. I, oh my god! I was like, "Whoa, wait, what? I'm what happened?" Breezy, Breezy's out here trying to cut Tate. <laughs> uh, no, hey, 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 easy. Uh, no, 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 no. Get that out of here. So happy that um, Tate is back. Not surprised at all. He was one of the standout players, um, played all over the field, played right back and uh, midfielder principally. Um, shout out to Tate's dad, who's also a bad motherfucker. And yeah. had some, uh, had some, he hung out with us in a couple games, but in Detroit, it was, uh, it was us and, and Tate's dad. And we consumed a lot of beverages and yelled a lot. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time. But uh, yeah, I, I will remember many things about it uh, this season with Tate. Um, I remember number one was the goal that the assist that he provided when he absolutely owned Seamus McLaughlin. Seamus McLaughlin. Seamus who? Shame on him. Hey. <laughs> hey uh, sorry. I was like, wait, did I get his name wrong? <laughs> no. So owned him. Seamus in the arms of an angel. Yeah, I, I was, yes. <laughs> I will take that. Uh, and he absolutely owned him. With back heel around him. Yes. Right, at the, right on the line. Cro- cross to Cam. Back heel back finish heel on that one. Oh, man. It was a back a heel moment. to back heel. Back heel move to the assist to a back heel flick. Probably goal. the prettiest goal not we scored this season. No lie, I'm pretty sure that's not one of the Rudizio goal of the year candidates, and it really should be. Uh, wow. That that uh, that car. If that's not, which it sounds like it's not, that uh, contest is falsified and <laughs> false, and we are declaring the winner uh, to be that goal, and everyone else can <laughs> hey, you know, uh, kick rocks. There's a there's a player that we're going to talk about here in a little bit who had a goal that I think also should okay. be on, on that list. So, uh, any other memories for Tate's? Uh, nothing, nothing springs to mind. I was thinking about, I was thinking about the, uh, the, the two trips with, uh, with his dad in Detroit and Stumptown. Yeah. 
Uh, just excited to make some more of those this year. Oh yeah, for sure. Before we move on, I won't bring up a memory with Tate. Uh, I'll bring up the fact that I'm really stoked to know that he's still going to be a blue this Me coming too. season. Me too. And also hit some more diagonals. Another guy that can hit. You know, I talked about Alec McKinley's diagonals. Like Tate's like a little half step below that. No offense to Tate, but he can also hit an unbelievable diagonal with that well, right foot. And he hit so many to James that were assists. Yep. Well, while uh, while we're talking about diagonals, our next returning player. It's Juan Hernandez, My, who can hit a diagonal on the outside of his foot with three people in Trave- front of him. The Travella, man. Capitano Juan Hernandez. I am so happy he's back. I am wearing... Hold on. Please don't take your... You're wearing he a Juan take, jersey? He's wearing a Hernandez nice. jersey. I am wearing a Juan Hernandez jersey. Um, I am so happy he's back. He's the captain. He is the cultural and, obviously, player leader on the field, but he is the guy that's been around the longest. He's been around since 2015. Um, and yeah, I, there were a lot of moments The he scored a couple goals early this year, um, including that goal against Louisville. And, uh, what was the one where he just willed his way to scoring a goal in the spring? He just took on the entire team and scored in the, uh, anyway, I, there were several moments early on kind of up and down with health and up and down with playing time later on in the year. But man, I'm super glad that he's back. I can't wait to see him play in a more possession-based system because that's his game. I'm excited about that. Yeah, to see the change in how we play and how that's going to affect his role. I'm, my memory with Juan, I mean, you know, I'm, there's so many. Like, I think it would be between the assists that he got, you know, on Real Batiste uh, when he kicked the ball to Joao. But what I'm going to choose personally is you can go back and uh, yeah, don't go back. Go, go to our YouTube page. And uh, check out our CFC goal special, which I hope one day we'll have to redo because we have so many goals with the new system that we're going to be running. But <laughs> Hell yeah. one of the honorable mentions in that was his was one the, a, a ball bounced to Kyle Carr and he kind of just like volleyed it towards one and one hit the sweetest pass to the outside of his and, and if Darwin had scored, that would have been arguably out. the greatest goal of all time. Yeah, yeah, arguably. Yeah. So that's my memory. Also, you can go hear Juan and Felipe on the Second. very. Second first, podcast. Very, the very first guests we ever had on the podcast, our second ever podcast. Yep. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Isn't that shut crazy? Up, shut up, Pipe. It's the homie. Uh, let's move on to a player who retired in the summer uh, when his contract ended. Ian McGrath, which, I mean, it feels so long ago now, but. No. Uh, what did Ian do, Matt? What was, what, what, what should your memory be immediately? What should your memory be? Don't, don't give him the answer. I know he knows it. Throw in header against Oakland Roots. Yes. The first ever. Oh, also the first ever CFC professional, professional goal. goal. But I was thinking of, I was both, thinking of the one in the sco- tournament. Oh, 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 the times we've scored both oh. times. He's scored yeah. both times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First professional Hilarious. goal. Um, and I, <laughs> he, I, he added like four more goals this spring as well. I think we really saw, uh, first of all, we based our entire offense around him in the, in the fall and we were not this fall, last fall. And we were, good and we had darwin and some other things that were around it but he was really the centerpiece of heading the ball down and scoring goals when he could and i miss i think we missed him a lot and again i'm not trying to get super into the analytics or tactics or whatever else but i think he was really really good in the spring and i think he left a six foot five hole in the in the offense and i think we missed him a lot in the in the fall did he have that outside of the foot snipe against new amsterdam or was that la force that was against one of the amateur teams was his outside the foot snipe? No, it was during the tournament. Oh, you mean the, the uh, you mean the uh, the 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 looper that he hit? It from, like came came off Brian, of Beeman. Yeah yeah, 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 that was New Amsterdam in the, the Legends Cup. Yeah, so that goal is one, one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, uh, shout out Ian. He he retired. He went on to real life. This is a grind. It's a young single man's game, um, and it's a tough it's a tough game. 
because these guys are not getting paid the the big bucks, and I'm I'm just really glad he chose to spend part of his career here. Yo, Ian, it, I know you're probably not, but if you're listening, I'm wearing a Braves World Series shirt. <laughs> also, don't forget, uh, Ian also has been on the podcast. He has uh, been on the podcast. I'm proud of how many people have been on this podcast. Um, let me find his uh, next person has also been on the podcast. Tell us, our, tell us the number, and then we'll move on to our second guest. Or Ian McGrath, episode thirty-one. Shout out, Ian. Not second guest, but the we when the next person who my favorite memory was with him, which we're going to talk about, Kyle Carr, who also um, I believe has retired. My favorite memory with Kyle Carr, who if you don't know was sort of a holding midfielder uh, when he was with us, but. Uh, when he came on the podcast, it, it was our second time that we had Cam on, who we'll also talk about in a little bit. <laughs> and if you have a, a podcast that you're like, man, I'm only going to listen to one, it's either the one where it's Caleb Cole and Cam, which is way back in the day, or Cam with uh, Kyle Carr. Episode 24. Yeah, was, that's Cam and Kyle Carr. It was it was hysterical in the beginning. the The intro is one of the most beautifully made things that's ever happened at my house. So, yeah, Kyle Carr with the assist for Ian's uh, goal, the the first professional goal. Yes, he did. He he took the corner for CFC. That's actually what, what I'm gonna remember about Kyle Carr. Uh, I think, and just generally the Oakland game in itself. Mm-hmm. Of you know, we the, the preseason was pretty short that year. Uh, there were a couple injuries late. Uh, a couple players added pretty late, um, and just like stuck in there. And it was a man. I, I wish he I wish he was not uh he was not hurt for most of the spring season. I think he would have added a lot. Absolutely. Uh, one more one more shout out to him. Uh, first of all, double denim. That question comes from that podcast uh, <laughs> with with Cam and Kyle that we're referencing. Also, he spent his last um, game here when he was he had officially retired, but he stuck around for another uh, game or, or two during the the summer. He spent that in the in section one hundred nine, what this podcast is named after, with the Chad Hooligans. And just what a good dude. What no. a good dude and a good soccer player. And I'm happy to see him on Instagram like as a coach. Yep, he's, he's retired. Coach. To he's, ta- he's an assistant coach now at uh, Eastern Florida State College. And he retired to take that job because it was an opportunity he could not pass up. And we wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, that's awesome. Next is a young kid that I personally loved watching play. Whenever he came in, I always reference my friend Zach because that's the only person I talk to during games. But when he came in, I remember us discussing him. He... Like, was extremely good uh, on the ball. It was really fast. Held down the defensive position really well um, whenever he came in and there. And he also held down his midfielder role really well. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to kind of lump these two guys, uh, Angel and Ricky, together. Um, you know, two academy academy players, you know, trained a lot in the, uh, in the fall of 2020. And then, you know, trained all year. Were rostered like were available to play in in some pro matches. Were on the in the 18 in some of those pro matches, uh, and then you know both getting the their debut against North Alabama, just really big moments for for our program, in 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 itself. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think was a was a nice precursor to, uh, to the next two players that I'm gonna go ahead and just roll into. Um, you know, Fabian Rodriguez and then Damian Rodriguez. Now, obviously, Damian now has signed a, pro- a professional contract with CFC. Yes. The first time that we've gotten a you know academy player going pro. Yeah. Which is fantastic and awesome. Uh, and and there's which so many, I, I'm sure we're gonna have more discussion. Yeah. About and that there's in the so many moments. There's so many too. moments about Damian. Uh, but like you, the Michigan Stars goal. His first his first goal as a pro. Well, you know, as a pro, we count that as a pro. You know, the assist against Chicago, the assist uh, against Appalachian to win the Golden Chaco. Dude, the assist against, well, no, I mean, the cause of the, not the cause assist, of the, the, the cause, cause of the, of the own, own goal at Stumptown, Stumptown and no. absolutely com- demolished that dude. 
uh, yeah, Colin Stripling got uh, stripped <laughs> naked and left on that field uh, um, by by Damian on that play. So, but I want to mention I want to mention you know in the cases of of Ricky and Angel and then even Fabian, we don't know what what their status necessarily is. Uh, like if they're going to come back as academy players, again. are they going to are they going to go to college? Like we we don't really know yet. Now Fabian has one more year. He's a rising senior. He is a senior of high school right now at Dalton. Mm-hmm. So. I, I believe the expectation is that he goes play and in, in, in plays high school ball like, for da, like Damian did last yes. year. Yes, and then we'll probably come join us on an academy deal. In also, summer. Fabian and Damian playing together, you understand as tens slash wingers slash strikers, you understand why Dalton won a state title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and yeah, for sure. Very excited about that. We're gonna have another discussion about that soon, where we're probably gonna a little try more and have somebody on. Yeah, um, I've actually been talking to him too. It's a really awesome kid. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited for the future. The, the the reason I say we need to have a conversation is because we're trying to do another podcast and that's a podcast within itself. Yes, correct. So, and we will discuss more. We are nothing but excited about that. The next person on the list is arguably an incredibly important piece to the connection between the club and community when it comes to the academy side. And that is a kid who, not a kid, that is, this is a grown man, um, who takes his role really seriously as a professional. And I think that's obvious when you watch him play, but the way he cares about his kids uh, from a coaching standpoint is also equally as important. And that is Cam Woodfin. Cam Woodfin, man. If you want to see a, if you want to hear an excellent podcast, go to episode three. Dude, so the best podcast, in my opinion, they're Maybe the ones the that I've gone back and I literally almost cry when I listen to them. It's so funny, man. I will miss him so much, so much, um, for his contributions on the field and especially off. Uh, if I think about moments on the field this season, unfortunately he got injured kind of at a key time when he when he really could have played a lot of minutes maybe in the midfield, but him deputizing at left wing back and then playing very well at right wing back, especially this spring. He was the standout player for me offensively this spring. Um, he played well on the right side and he, was, he had a really good spring and I thought he was building into something. I think injuries really derailed his... Uh, his season, but man, he, uh, that, that backheeled goal he had in the summer that we already mentioned with Tate's, uh, hard to, hard to finish. That. There is no better moment. I don't think from Cam Woodfin's this season, uh, career. And I never forget that he, in his prime or in Juan's prime, when, when Juan was the like fulcrum of the offense, he sat Juan on the bench for half a season because he was so good. This one, he was at ETSU led the, uh, when he led the nation in assists. Oh Yeah. Uh, another thing I, I think of, you know, two assists in the fall season, uh, back-to-back matches, uh, and then he got hurt right after that. And man, oh man, what especially that that run that run of games where we really struggled. We really needed, you know, some sort of counterbalance offensively on the right side. And I'm really what could have been really interested to see where he ends up. Um, I think he will hit the he will hit the ground running. He will land on his feet. Um, he will leave a hole, as Jay said, in the academy and on the first team with us because what a big uh, contributor and a big piece of the puzzle he has been and culturally like you said like he's at he's there after every game he's there before every game he's been around since 2017 so yeah i'll miss him i'll miss him a lot i can't i don't know if i like um long hair man bun cam or short hair cam better i like long hair man that, bun that could be dude, I think, yeah i think obviously i think i don't know man i think that could be a podcast in itself <laughs> um so next up on the list is We've already talked about one Oglethorpe person, and this is another Oglethorpe person. This is Topher Marshall. Man, I you know, here's here's one. I've got I've got the moment. Uh, I think back to New Amsterdam home in the fall. 
he gets thrown into the starting lineup. Uh, in, in by the way, in the place of James Kasak, and what a fucking workhorse he was that game, just all over the place, doing his job solidly. You know, he, this guy did not play very many minutes this year, or or you know, uh, in 2020, and just absolutely dominated that left side uh, of the field. Not so much going forward because we didn't have a, the ball a ton that game, but you know, he was breaking up things from the right hand side for for most of that match. Uh, and and it it really typified like how how much he played with heart and with effort uh, when he was on the field for us. Sweet left foot, and he really really tore up that independent cup as well. Played a, played a lot of minutes and was very very good on that left wing, and that was super important. I know that doesn't count for Nisa games, but super important for guys trying to get healthy. Guys trying, to, and we won that independent cup by the way. That does matter. Um, he was a, a key contributor off the bench for five minutes a game, a lot of games, and yeah, I'll. Uh, He's a he's a good dude, and and I will miss his uh, shirtless, uh, not shirtless, excuse me, sleeveless, like giant armed, like <laughs> uh, girls drooling from the stands, uh, swagger. Uh, he probably doesn't even know because he's you know, also the only guy to turn down the podcast twice, <laughs> twice. Shout out to Chris Topher, Marshall. Yeah, shout out Topher. Uh, well, I will say one thing about him too: keep the flow. Whenever you get the flow, keep it. I look, yeah. he, he has Great some, hair. He has some nice lettuce. Okay, cool. So the next one is a man who just recently moved to Florida, which I am extremely bummed about. He's your old tenant of one of your my old neighbor rental, rental properties and yeah. an old neighbor and an all around huge friend of the pod in season and out of season. Who also was on Juan's podcast, which is our second ever, Mister Pipe Felipe Oliveira. Man, you think about all the moments that Felipe spent with CFC since 2017, even losing to us. Yeah, in 16, well, yeah. In, in sixteen, <laughs> losing to us. Shout but, out Jay, love it. Uh, the mo- the moment for me is away against Detroit, a game that does not matter at all, uh, because we were already we were already playing four days later in the uh, in the news uh, semifinals. He gets his first professional goal at Detroit. Yeah, I think I think that's it for me. Like, so I'll give you another. Where he worked so hard to get back to, to get back to the pro, like you know. Because he he was not originally in the team that that came back. He did practice a little bit in 2020. Uh, Joined the team as a practice player again. He came back and was like, "I can do this. I can make this." And he really like typified like what it means to like really want it. Yeah, I remember we were all really drunk at. Um, he was extremely drunk, and so was <laughs> I. I think y'all were too. But we were at the skillet tossing thing. Yeah, and he was. We were talking about him coming back possibly in like positions and stuff. And I remember how it was just like this raging conversation. Rachel was like, "Can we leave?" <laughs> Honestly, towards the end of the spring, he was not a lot worked this spring, and he was a piece of the puzzle that finally kind of got the offense like ticking a little bit. Um, and yeah, I miss I'll miss him. I'll miss him on our, our Tuesday night games, um, playing yeah. with us on Iron Horse, uh, and I just miss him as a neighbor. You know, I miss him and, and Michelle and Rosie, and and yeah, they're they're great. And they're they're having an notice, awesome time. Notice how we didn't mention the cat. I talked to him. Uh, Hilarious. I talk, uh, I call I call his cat. Uh, Jerry, by the way, I think it's wait. Which one's the which one's the cat? Tom. Tom. Uh, I call his cat Tom. <laughs> no, I don't even know what I call his cat. His cat looks like the cat from Tom and Jerry. Is the <laughs> is the point of that joke? His cat, dude. Look at Finn next time you get downstairs. Yeah, they're like the exact same. They are. They're they're very similar. It's very so funny. Similar. Hey, we'll move on here in a second. My favorite. There's there's so many goals. I think he has like one of the highest numbers of goals for CFC. Right. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. But my favorite moment. Is the should have been a red card, two footed tackle <laughs> directly in the corner. I was standing right there. I was gonna close I, that, yeah. And I fucking hate Detroit. And that is just one of my 
all-time favorite Minute moments. Minute two of that game, man. It's, I remember their English captain, that's fucking disgusting, the way he was saying it, and Pipe was just like, he just stood there just with his hands out, like, what? What did I do? Like, the the best so part good. of that is he would kill you if he said that, and I don't mean I don't mean uh, Pipe, I mean Stephen Carroll, because he's Irish, not English, and oh, those good. are fighting words. Hell yeah, I'm so glad I said that. <laughs> Yeah, shout out Pipe. I miss you. Uh, this will not be the last time that, you know, Pipe became a Chattanooga resident and a Chattanoogan yeah. because of CFC. Yeah. Him and Juan were roommates. Him and Juan and Dixon were roommates at, at times. He moved here for the soccer, but he became a Chattanooga, a Chattanoogan, similar to a lot of guys in this. And he is a club legend. He is a Chattanooga legend. And a lot of guys came here and maybe spent a season or two here and they've left and that will be their Chattanooga story. And they're, they go with us forever, right? But Pipe, I believe, will be back here. He married a Chattanoogan. Like, they're in Florida now. I mean, I talked to him yesterday. Like, I, I don't know when he'll be back, but I just believe in my heart of hearts he'll be back at some point, and I can't wait to play more games. Five aside, uh, greatest futsal player I've ever played with at uh, at Highland Park Commons. That is so true. He's quite incredible at futsal. Scored yeah, a, I, I, I have scored have had a, a championship till he moved to Florida in the midseason. Pipe. <laughs> I scored a couple goals on him there whenever he was playing with the Honda team, but that's a side note. Up next is Mr. As Coach and everybody else calls him, the Swiss Army Knife. Sean Hofstetter. So, I don't know. I don't know how much listeners uh, w- will know about this, but Hoff has basically played uh, some degree of injured his his two years here. Um, he had a couple injuries that he actually you know missed some time for, but he's had a, a small injury uh, just for this entire time uh, that he's been playing through pain, uh, and he's an absolute absolute animal. Um, and and he Hoff decided to retire from professional soccer uh, at the end at the conclusion of this season, and and uh, I'm gonna miss him a lot. Uh, I thought I thought he was a pretty good player, a best left center. Ba- oh wait, second best left center back on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out for uh, for stepping in to play to play center back against Louisville uh, for the first time ever playing center back. It's wild. After a goal, yeah. After a goal. Yeah. Um, Man, gonna gonna miss him a lot. Uh, good guy, quality person, good player, um, and he's and he's moving on. Uh, I think they're living. Him and Danielle are now living in Pensacola. Uh, and we wish we wish nothing for the best for you guys. And he has a cool to, story hope, hope too. To see you. Hope to see you soon. So Sean, next year. Sean has also been on the podcast. Yeah, he has a really cool story. Um, but one one thing I wanted to mention is when I said earlier there's another player I'm forgetting it was Felipe so later on the list but like at, at coming out of the spring to now like Felipe was the other player who retired and uh, moved yeah. on to, to yeah. grown up work we this is a young single man's game and he he's married with a you know a wife and a family and wanted to uh, I, I mean I consider Rosie and the cat family so yeah, <laughs> yeah he, they wanted to move on to uh, to to greener pastures and they did yeah. Uh, but yeah uh, Sean well actually they're sandy. That's true. If you, but, uh, watch, if you check his Instagram, it is all what? What's up, Rigby? Rigby, had <laughs> a boy. Yeah. If you keep, if you're keeping count at home, that's four players that decided to retire um, to do to do like more quote unquote grown up things. And sh- and, Sean, and that's normal for yeah, Lord very normal. But uh, Sean was on episode forty, by the way. Um, military kid. I will remember. Uh, I will remember his uh, goal in the tournament where he actually pulled his hamstring like on the goal on the goal um, and still scored. That I will remember his heart because he did play, like you said, through injury at all times. And I will miss, uh, I will miss his physical 
presence, and I mean that in every like positive way possible, because he was always in the middle. He was always mixing it up, and he was always, always fighting for that ball, and you need guys like that. He scored several goals for CFC. He could have scored a lot more maybe if he had been played at striker. That was not where we needed him, but you know, had he was a striker playing all over the field, and it was really, really an honor to have him wear the, uh, wear the blues. And yeah, best of luck to him in his uh, retirement post-playing career. And, and hopefully he gets, you know, not no more beat up. That guy got <laughs> beat up in every game, kicked, slid into, cleated. I mean, so much. Yep. So, so much. So we talked about lettuce earlier, but the best hair on the team for me went to Brian Beamant. And my favorite part about this, and this is going to be my memory. You guys can talk about the rest. We literally got to see him from shaved head Beamant to like <laughs> absolute flowing in the wind lettuce falling out of the bowl. So. Yeah. He also been on a podcast, and he hung, episode, out, he hung out with Carmelo Anthony. Episode twenty, really cool story. If on his like, birthday, Carmelo yeah. Anthony took him if, out. I'll and, say, if you want to know a story like Jay saying about Carmelo Anthony taking Brian <laughs> Beeman out for Brian's birthday, you got to check out episode twenty nine of the yes. Section One Hundred Nine podcast. Yes, you do. You can find that on uh, most good podcast streaming uh, platforms. Platform. <laughs> um, there you go. So Brian, I will remember a lot of things about Brian. I'll remember his hustle and his. Just and he was another guy that just got the shit kicked out of him every game, and he did plenty of shit kicking as well. Um, <laughs> and, and like I, I loved him. I, the, the work he put in, um, I loved seeing him after games. Um, yeah, man. And his his goal in the tournament in the fall um, slipped through, slipped in ball from Darwin. Beautiful pass. Finished with his left foot as he's going to the as he's coming across. Gets like, Cal United. Was left foot right? Uh, yeah. Which by the way, he's right footed. Um, which is why that mattered. Like beautiful finish. Like that was. I remember talking about that goal and saying, this is what a professional soccer goal looks like. Like, there's lots of ways to score a goal, but when you see something smooth and run and hold, like all of that typified that. And yeah, I, I love Brian and we'll miss him. And yeah, I hope whatever, wherever he ends up after this, I don't know if he's, uh, I don't know if his playing career is, he's, a, he's been a pro a while. I don't know if he's retiring, if he's still playing. Um, I just know he's not back next year as, as of yet. And put in the caveat here, guys, there's, it could change. Like guy, there could be a handful of guys that come back at some point, but we only know what we know now. So we're assuming he's not back based on the fact that his option was not picked up. Um, yeah. Shout out, Brian. We miss you. We'll miss you. So an interesting Brian Beamett fact, and I'm, I'm kind of double checking my, my numbers here just to make sure that I'm right about this. Uh, Brian scored. <laughs> wow. Actually, this is kind of incredible. Brian scored four goals. Uh, against pro competition in, in 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 his time at CFC, four goals. One was a penalty against uh, Stumptown. The other three, all against Cal United. Oh, nice! The Cal United killer. Are you are you counting the goal that was good against Cal United as well at Cal United that he they called back? He would have scored. That would have been number four against Cal United. If that had been counted, he would have scored uh, all. Yeah, yeah, all of his open goal plays. And then it won in every game against Cal United. Shout out, Brian. That's awesome. Uh, also, uh, man, that no one is going to be able to listen to this episode on 2X or 1.5X. We're talking so I know I'm talking so fast. I've had a lot of coffee uh, this morning, guys. Sorry. Well, you mentioned shit kicking, and Marcus Nagelstad kicked a lot of shit into the net. <laughs> hey, yo, I like that transition. Marcus Nagelstad, who you can... Uh, first of all, Marcus Naglestad. Naglestad, sorry. Uh, no, I mean, he said Nagelstad is not... He does not find that offensive. He just doesn't understand why Americans can't say it right. Uh, which is a dumb. funny shot. But Marcus, uh, episode 46, y'all. Check that out. 15 goals and 8 assists in all matches. Uh, that's Louisville on to, to Stumptown at the very end. 
uh, with an injury stint. Yeah, with injury stint, a suspension stint, uh, both at the same time, actually, uh, two injury stints. Um, those 15 goals made him the uh, the number one, uh, the all-time leader in goals scored in a single CFC season, if you count all matches, which we traditionally we do. do for that stat, uh, because there were so many, in, you know, MPSL and then friendlies and all these other things, you know, playoffs that went into it. Uh, so yeah, he's our he's our all-time leading scorer uh, for, for a, a single, single season. season. Uh, eight goals and four assists in in pro matches uh, this year. Twelve uh, goal contributions, very good. Yeah, very very good. I uh, think uh, for for me to to wrap up, Marcus, I think he wins the award for the most that so MPSL movement of the CFC season against the Michigan Stars too. <laughs> Because that was some shit housery, and I'm 100 percent here for it. That that gif will live on forever of him flopping around. Yes, yes um, I'll give you my one moment was his header against Detroit at home. That oh, bullet yeah, header so good. That Jake Haley uh, also edited in to make it look like he was telling him where he was taking it. Um, and yeah, I love I love Marcus. I, I right now it doesn't look like he's resigning. I don't know where he's going to go. What's going to happen? But uh, yeah, man, I, I love that guy. I really enjoyed our podcast with him. I've enjoyed him on the field as well. And and post game, right? He came out a lot post game. You'd see him walking his two dogs, and yeah, yeah I'll miss him and Rachel and seeing them, uh, seeing them around. And hopefully, maybe maybe this isn't the end. Maybe he'll be back. But as far as we know now, he's uh he's gone. And thanks, Marcus. It was a really good season. Uh, second to last player is a forward. He joined late in the season. He joined in, uh, just for the fall season. Uh, Daniel Jackson, and and I don't think this is going to be any surprise uh, that. You know his second game, his first home game with CFC, scoring two goals against Maryland Bobcats. That was the one I was going to reference. Legendary, legendary. Stuff. What a way to start your CFC career. Yeah, come in as a substitute one game, and then your first start score two goals. Yeah, I somebody mean, got a really good picture after him scoring because he jumps up and does that like fist pump yeah. thing, and like yeah. behind him was like Crew and I think Thomas. Who yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, were standing behind him. Which, but by the way. Those two have been on the podcast. <laughs> hey. Thomas was on with Sheldon way back in the day, and then Crew, Matt, and I took the gear to the CFC office and talked about everything with uh, Sculpture Field Montague. Yeah, episode forty one for Crew Brock and Montague news. Check that if you didn't if you didn't hit that up or you didn't hear that the first time. Make sure to check that podcast out. It's not that old; it's from May, so it's a while ago. But that might be the most significant news of this season structurally because b- training ground potentially. Fields for the city, it's it's really, really good and really, really important for the future of Chattanooga and Chattanooga Football Club. The other thing I wanted to mention about Daniel Jackson uh, real quick is that, you know, he, he was versatile and and there were moments where we needed him to play, play not as a striker, and he just did it. And he um, did all the dirty work. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the positional dirty work, the hustling, the, man, he was really important and he came in when we were in the middle of an injury crisis. Like, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I'll miss him. Good guy. Um, last... But not least. Definitely not least. Andy's returning. Yes. It's Brett Jones. And I am very excited about him returning. I want to see more of him. I remember when he came on, I guess, was it against LA Force and he scored the third goal? New Amsterdam. That was New Amsterdam. Okay, yeah. Off the header from Cam. Yeah. And I really, I just remember him being speedy and clinical. And I saw that throughout whenever he got on the field. It, He's a, he was he was fun to watch. He was he was the kind of guy, uh, and and this like sometimes this is a mark of a really good forward, right? He was the kind of guy that could play really bad for eighty nine minutes, and he would have one minute of absolute genius and score a goal. Yep. And uh, I think what I'm looking forward to seeing is is him on him on the ball a little bit more, uh, in in this new system, 
and and see if he can really take his game to the next level in the second pro season. Yeah, this, he came straight out of Oregon. Um, Oregon you know, State? Yeah, Oregon State's mm-hmm. uh, top top team, in the, one of the top teams in the in Division One in the country. And he was remember, he was only here for half a season. Mm-hmm. Um, he had five goals? Yeah, five pro goals. Five pro goals in just the fall season. He was our second leading scorer. In the spring. Was he in the, was he, oh, he came right at the beginning of the spring. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I remember it being right before the season. I forgot. You're right. My you got to remember, Brett also had uh, some pretty big injury worries. I mean, he missed the rest of the rest the entire rest of the spring season uh, after getting hurt in like tenth minute of the Maryland Bobcats game. Uh, he missed a, a sizable portion of the middle chunk of the season uh, after getting hurt in warmups before Detroit. Um, there it so is. Like, so there's a lot. I haven't of, heard you say. I guess I heard you say it earlier, but you say Detroit. He does. He says Detroit. Detroit. He does say it a little bit weird. <laughs> uh, so it'll be, you know, hopefully, hopefully he, get, he is going to be healthy and, and fit and can get a, a proper full season out of yeah. him to see what we, what he can do. Yeah. So I see some, I see some potential for some growth and some exciting stuff there. Yeah. God, I hope we didn't forget anybody. I'm going to feel terrible if we did. Um, thank you everybody uh, for listening. Sorry that we, we talked so fast and, and uh, if we missed a moment, like hit us up on social media, let us know what your, one of your favorite moments was from one of these players, especially the guys that are, are, not going to be with us next season, but also maybe from the guys that are returning, you know, tag them and tag us on social media. We'd love to, uh, love to hear some of your favorite moments for the year. Before we go, we also should, this is mostly, this has been about players, but we're also, uh, we have, we've had a coaching change. We interviewed Rod on the podcast, uh, last time out. Uh, so I want to do, uh, as, as a tribute to, to coach Peter Fuller, I want to do um, some moments for him mm-hmm. and uh, also, before we close this podcast. Also, you can go back and listen to Fuller, who's been on several different podcasts with us. Um, yeah, shout out to a legendary man. And side note as well, right before we go into this, is you can listen to Matthew uh, talk on our friends, the um, 423 Soccer Pod. You did a wonderful uh, tribute to Coach Fuller, a, a touching um, a little talk on their podcast. They did a couple podcasts that are really, really good recently, including uh, a women's podcast with the women's advisory board. So check that out. Uh, but also if you want to listen to a uh, season review with Matthew, when it was like a few days after, just a few days after uh, we, he had gotten let go, uh, let go or not renewed. I mean, I know the, the press release was, was really nice and said mutually parted ways, but let's, let's call it what it was. Like if this was the end of, end of his contract and they didn't pick up the, they didn't pick up an option then they didn't, they chose not to resign him. So yeah, it sucks and it hurts, especially on a personal level. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about Fuller and uh, and the three seasons that were. Dude, Jay, Ful- Jay, do you have a moment? Fuller, uh, yeah, I was at the feed with uh, some friends and we were doing uh, trivia. And the question was, who won the first World Cup? And my friend and I are like, Brazil? I know, no, Argentina, no. I know it's South American. I know it's South American, blah, blah, blah. And Fuller comes walking through, and I look at him. I'm like, "Hey, man, who won the first World Cup?" And he's like, "Uruguay." <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> and then he went and like had dinner. He, we obviously like hugged and like said what's up and all that too. Good to see you. But yeah, then he answered the question, and then he went and sat down, and we got it right. And I was like, "That was fucking awesome." <laughs> what, a, what, what a clutch guy. Uh, there's tons of moments on the field of him, and the way he exaggerated himself was, you know, for being a manager and being able to like make guys want to like die for you is a is a really cool trait when you have that passion for the sport. And uh, yeah, I think when you go back and watch the documentary and I hope that it will be easy to do that soon. Um, and I don't, I don't have any information about that. I'm just throwing that out into the, into the <laughs> universe. Um, I think you see how much the guys, especially in the fall really wanted to run through a brick wall for him. And I, you can, I, if you watch some of those episodes, his halftime talks, including at, at I think the Cal United game in the tournament, you, you want to run through a brick wall. 
when you're listening to him. So I will miss him on the field, certainly. Um, but CFC exists on the field and will exist on and off the field, of course. But will he continue to play soccer next year? Um, and this was a t- an objectively tough year. So I will miss him off the field. I will miss how he never shied away from after after a loss. He was still there to, to raise a pint, right, and give you a hug and say he was sorry. And which he didn't need to do, by the way, right? Like he gave his all that the players gave their all, but also he was there after every win to celebrate, to, you know, to just be, be that member of not just the coaching staff, but the community off the field as well. And I will miss, I will miss grabbing a beer with him randomly. I will miss uh, him calling him like, what you wearing? <laughs> when, I, when I pick up the phone to say hello. Uh, and obviously that doesn't go away. Right. But he just won't be here. And I will miss, um, you know, I will miss his uh, his brand of soccer that started in the in our our professional career, right? Like he he really started the professional version of CFC. He was brought in to lead the transition. Um, remember, th- remember the first time we took uh, the equipment to the brewery, and we were wanted to interview some players. And I remember him taking that ch- that that moment to put them all in a group before we did that with anybody. And he was like, "These guys want to talk to you." And I don't know if you've ever had media experience before, but, you know, this is something that you step into when you get into a club like this. And I remember being like, oh, are we, like, like kind of important? I'm just trying to, like, drink beer and, like, <laughs> shoot shit. <laughs> yeah. But that was cool. It was it was cool to see him, you know, make that. Because that is something that's in professional sports that you don't get at other levels. And he considered us important. And, and all the time yeah. he spent here in this podcast studio sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in right Remember now. when we all stood up? Nobody knows this. We've never talked about this. <laughs> oh, I Full, think, I think we, I think we've definitely we talked about Okay, it, yeah. okay. So we've told people that fools just stood randomly up stood up, and we were all podcast. just like, "All right, cool, yeah, we're standing <laughs> up too." I'm just uh. also, we can say this now. Uh, he he has by far, and this is not a thing everybody does, but we had broke out the uh, seltzers for that podcast, and oh. he has by far the highest stack of seltzers. He started in the middle of the podcast. Yep, just if you can see where I am, I'm sitting at the at the head of the table, and on the right side there's some space. And he started uh, between where Jay and I are sitting, and he started stacking up in a just uh, all the seltzers that we had all drank. Just like you just take them all and just while everyone's talking, putting and he's up. like, and he's just stacking them all up, and then he's like, look at that, that's pretty shit. good. It was such shit hazardry. It was like, so much fun. <laughs> Oh. And, and and paired like that that paired with like a really awesome story you know i, I thought it was personally cool because i like hockey so much i thought it was personally cool that his son like played in juniors and he come, he has sort of that background as well you know with uh all of the soccer knowledge and experience and stories from philadelphia and the academy school thing that they opened up and like learning about all that that was yeah. that was really awesome he's he's a super awesome and interesting and hilarious human being. Yep, and this isn't the end of the road. You know, again, we say it all the time, but once a blue, always a blue, right? He will remain a, f- a friend, but he won't be in Chattanooga anymore, and that that part's a bummer. But also, like, shout out to a really, really epic three years, ups and downs, but, you know, he, he always got it. He was a part of the community, and I'll miss the shit out of him. Yeah, I've, I have I kind of waxed about this uh, on, on the 423 pod, but... I don't, I don't, I don't have like just a couple like memories or moments. Uh, I think about all the times that, that he and I would go, you know, get a beer or, or get a seltzer, or, you know, pizza or burgers at tree. Remember Martin. when he quit drinking beer? Yeah. <laughs> Not because he was stopping drinking guys. Don't think no, he didn't have a problem. He started, he was like, I'm going to lose some weight. And then he started drinking only seltzers and running and he lost 35 pounds or something. Yeah. Like, lost, what? lost a ton of weight during quarantine. Uh, we were, you know, he and I were, I, I, I took him to the airport, uh, the other night uh, to go for his uh, family family vacation, um, 
with with Kathy's family in Canada uh, for the holidays. And we were we were reminiscing a little bit about just all the all the fun times uh, that that we that we've had uh, in in this town, uh, and not even about soccer, just like the the people around and 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 just you know all the experiences that that we've all had. Um, so definitely definitely gonna miss the shit out of him, uh, but he'll land uh, wherever he lands. Um, look forward to to watching him, you know, continue his continue his coaching career. Absolutely. And excited for, you know, I do want to wrap this podcast up by saying, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, who's going to be here and who's not going to be here and kind of, you know, goodbye or whatever. And it, it also like, I'm excited for who comes in, right? I'm excited for Rod. I'm excited for the, the club. I'm excited for the I'm next chapter. Excited. So like, I don't want this, this is not a negative podcast. Obviously these were all happy moments, but also like when every like chapter closes, a new chapter opens. And I think Chattanooga football club is going to be an extremely, extremely exciting uh, year for your three, I guess, professional club. Yeah. This so year. let's, uh, let's get back together uh, fairly soon. Uh, we've got eight players and a new coach to talk about. Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe we'll and get maybe, some more player announcements. We'll get some new player announcements soon. And one pod, you know, where I really want to dive into talking to somebody important about, you know, Damien and just yes. like that whole situation and just like thought yep. process behind it. You know, I'm so intrigued by what we're doing there and I'm really, really excited about the support and the little scholarship pieces that we haven't talked about that went in with everything and, you know, the, all that stuff. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should ask Mr. Allenbaugh back on uh, in the next couple weeks. Maybe. Shout out to Jeremy and everybody in the front office. We love what we see and always, you know, every that's also a piece maybe we should say if we're going to wrap this up when it comes to roster, but, you know, FO, we, we're excited and it, it's nice to see some change and, you know, in different ways and then, you know, some improvements in other areas and it, I'm, I'm extremely optimistic. Me too. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. And uh, have a wonderful, happy, merry holidays. If they wanted to find you on social media before you go, where are you? I'm on the internet. Matthew, where are you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at I am Kenigleo, and you can find me on Twitter at Whiskey is Fine. Jake, where can the people find you? Uh, at letter J on Instagram, and then all, both of the Section 109 pot on Twitter and Instagram, and then my TikTok. Hell yeah. Tell at tell letter tell underscore J. It is not me dancing. It is strictly drone videos, <laughs> and I think you'll enjoy it. Nice. Thanks, everybody.